Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. So good to have you here, Maximize Influence. As you know, Kurt Mortensen here, podcast 484. As we take a deep dive on persuasion, motivation, influence, and today, some people are easier to persuade than others. How to resist persuasion, because we've been there before, like, how did I buy this? How did I do this? How did I say yes to that? Because we hate when we feel backed into a corner. At the time, it felt so natural, but then sometimes we get a little remorse once it's all said and done, known as buyer's remorse, of course, because it's human nature a lot of times where we just want to make our own decisions. That's just how we are. So we're going to talk about that. I just want to say I love great persuaders. I love a great salesperson when they do things the right way, but sometimes people do it the wrong way, and you got to learn how to say no and how to resist. And I'm also going to say is that successful people are easier to persuade and easier to sell than the average person. You're like, what? Yeah. Millionaires, successful people. Now, disclaimer, they're harder to get in front of. They're harder to get that meeting, that appointment. But I've been in a lot of these meetings to persuade and sell and to monitor where they say, okay, sell me. You got 10 minutes to sell me. You got 15 minutes to persuade me. Let's negotiate this out. Let's do it. It doesn't start with the resistance because they know they need to be persuaded on some things. It's okay at times to be persuaded, so I wanted to put it out there. But then on the flip side, like my son, he was about five years old in time, back seat with his friend, wife's backed up the car and says, son, buckle up, both of you buckle up. His friend buckles up and he's like, I can't. <laughs> he's like, you do it all the time. I can't. Of course, the kid's got to be buckled. Wife pulls over, buckles him up, and as she's getting ready to shut the door, she can hear my five-year-old son turn to his friend and say, you see what I can make my mom do? <laughs> okay, we do not want to feel that way. Let's get into that, but let's start off by saying, hope you're having a great week, achieving your goals, become better, getting more tools. I was in combination of Texas and California doing some things. And so let's just get into the persuasion, let's call it Blinja. Some ninjas. Some blunders from my, let's go to my trip to Texas. So back up about a month ago, my brother had fled California to Texas, as a lot of people have. And we were at this family gathering, and he was wearing all this swag from this place called Bucky's. Now, I, I don't didn't know Bucky's, and of course, what? You don't know Bucky's? I mean, he's wearing this swag, promoting a place. He paid for this swag to promote someone else's business. I mean, you have to think about that. He says, no, you got to go Bucky's. It's there. It's got this. It's got 100 places to fill up with gas. They have the best barbecue around. Now, I've always heard, and I somewhat believe that it's always the dirtiest gas station that has the best barbecue. He says, no, here's a clean gas station. Claiming it had the cleanest restrooms. I don't know if it was the world, the United States, or what it was. I said, okay, I'll go see. I'm off to Texas. So I'm doing this seminar, and I look over, and this person down has a Bucky's hat on. And I just ask, is this something that's good? And the whole class lit up. You've got to go. We're going to take you. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm going. I'm going. I said I would. And I went to the sad note on the way I got clipped from behind. Car was totaled. That's a whole nother story. A lot of blunders in that one, too. But at the scene of the accident, I looked to my left over the freeway, and here's this Bucky's. 
And so I was just like, all right, I'll just walk over there. I got to get an Uber now. Can't drive the car. It was towed off. And the police officer says, look, I'll take you. And so I went there. But I think it was minus 10 points when you get out of the back seat of a police car to go inside a retail establishment. And that's, you know, kind of what happened. <laughs> and it was textbook. I don't know if there was exactly 100 pumps, but there was plenty of room. There was no waiting. High ceilings, we've talked about that before. Well lit, we've talked about before. Clean restrooms, great help. Large aisles, well-organized signage. And while I waited, I tried the barbecue, and it was good. So it fulfilled expectations. But what a ninja to have someone else pay you, because they bought the swag, the t-shirt and hat, to promote their business. But you do so well as a business that all you need is word of mouth, and that's what they're doing. So we had the good barbecue, waited for my Uber. And the Uber driver was another ninja, smile. And I picked her brain along the way because when I got in the car, she judged me. And I'll say that in a good way, to what type of music I would like. And she had different playlists based on different eras. And she pegged it. It was right on. And she finally admitted it later because <laughs> I knew. I could just tell, I don't think this is your type of music. But hey, 10 points to adapt the atmosphere, smile friendly, and got a good tip. So the blunder side is I didn't make my flight. So all right, get me to a hotel. Checked it out online, got a hotel. Just need to make sure I had a shovel service because, again, I have no car. So this website near the airport has a shuttle service. I get there. Uh, what time does your shuttle service leave? Because I had to get the early morning flight. Oh, we don't have a shuttle service. <laughs> that says it on your website. Yeah, we probably should change that. I'm like, it's the only reason I came here was that, yeah, you'll probably have to get an Uber. Wow. Okay. No ownership. Didn't care. So you want to say, well, I think it's another company that probably runs a website. So it's probably not our fault. I'm like, okay. So that would be the Wyndham Hotel Blunder of the Week. Which takes us to our geeky Scarly article. By the way, I'll post this at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Hey, send me an email. Contact us, forms there too. How to enroll at InfluenceUniversity.com, advanced trainings. It's all right there. Most of it's for free. There's actually a free part of InfluenceUniversity.com you should enroll for. Or just send me an article or something to do on the show and you get the gold version for free. Either way is fine with me. So this article came from Leonardo. Didn't see where he's from. He sent me an article on how to build a habit in five steps. He says, Kurt Factor Fiction, what do you think? Does this work? Is it really this simple? So this comes from a behavioral scientist named Katie Milkman. She's at the Wharton School in Pennsylvania. It's in the United States. And her book, The Science of Giving Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. So I'll give you my thoughts, my two cents, probably add a few steps to this. So before we look at the steps, realize that you have habits, both good and bad. You've developed them over time. The hardest thing for most people's habit is that results don't show up instantly. If you're deep in debt... 30 pounds overweight, it didn't happen overnight. So sometimes the consequences of bad habits or even good habits take time to show up. I mean, imagine. I mean, we all know fast food. You probably shouldn't be eating it, but you know, it is tasty. Imagine every time you took a little bite of that hamburger, that double cheeseburger, your rear end just went and got a little bigger. Like, okay. <laughs> Dip the fries and ketchup, took a bite, you feel your stomach going, got a little bigger. I think it'd be pretty easy to stop. But that's not reality, but that is one of the reasons we get so ingrained in these habits. So, number one, set a specific goal. 
She says, the research has shown you benefit from being more specific about exactly what you aim to do and how often. She says, don't say I'll meditate. Say I'll meditate for 50 minutes each day at 7 a.m. in the basement with, and fill in the blank if you have an accountability partner. We've heard that with SMART. SMART goals, right? Specific, measurable, achievable. That's all part of it. The time, that's all something you need to do. So we do know that one, absolutely. Number two, create a detailed cue-based plan. So she says you need these cues to help you follow through. Was there certain cues or people or things that can happen around the day can give you that cue, that trigger, that subconscious trigger to make it happen? In fact, let me add one to that that I've loved that I learned from James Clear. He wrote Atomic Habits. He says habit stacking. So meaning if you had two good habits in the morning, you're really good at. Maybe it's make your bed, cold shower, 25 push-ups, whatever it is. Let's say there's two things. You've got it down. You're good at that. Well, put the habit you want in the middle of those. So you make your bed, do your new habits, and then do the other habit that you're used to doing. Say it's that cold shower. I've noticed, and people have told me that makes a huge difference. And a cue doesn't have to be a really big thing. It could be an alarm on your phone. When the sun breaks through the window, it could be when you finish your first cup of coffee, whatever it is, those could be your cues. Number three, make it fun to repeat. She says, most of us overestimate our willpower. And I've done whole podcasts on willpower and the science about willpower. Go to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You'll be surprised how much we've learned about willpower and how willpower a lot of times is like a battery. Could be fully charged or fully empty and how to fix that. So the research is showing you persist longer and achieve more when you find and make it fun. Well, is that always possible? I'm saying hopefully, maybe some things are easier than others. Maybe the fun thing's just the reward. I'll get this done. We're going to go celebrate. We're going to go party. We're going to go eat. We're going to do this. We're going on vacation, whatever it is. There are certain ways. It might not be super fun that day, but you can make the consequence, the end results, the celebration, a lot of fun. Number four, foster flexibility. So maybe it can't be the same time every day. Maybe if you forget, you can go. She says, research suggests it's important to insert some variability into your routine. Some people like the done, 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 the exact same thing. Some people, a lot of flexibility, variability. So maybe you do one day 6 a.m., the next day 6 p.m. Again, I'm not sure about this. A lot of people like, no, same thing every day. Get it done. I know this person that's been watching the same exercise video for over 30 years. Same thing. I mean, she had to get different copies, go in from video to DVD to online, but it's still the same video, same time every day gets it done. There's no options. If someone wants to see her during that time, she's got a doctor appointment or something else. There is no option. She's getting it done. So let me add a little flexibility to that one. So let me just add that piece. And let me add to, it's okay to adjust the how to your goals, not in the goals necessarily, meaning you need to be flexible with your how. Just like I learned from early mentor Jim Rohn that when you shoot a rocket to the moon, it's off course most of the time. And that's true with any airplane. So, of course, most of the time, it's always correcting. So, with your goals, maybe spend two hours instead of one hour. Maybe you need to just try to do a little on Saturday. Maybe mentor. Are you going to do this? So, you can adjust how you're going to get there. That's okay. Maybe you need to do more here, less here, add this, do this, adjust this. That part is okay. You're not changing your target, but you could change how you're going to get to that target. Maybe adjust the GPS a little bit, recenter it, adjust it, and it's okay, but you're still getting to your destination. Number five, find the right kind of social support. I think I mentioned this, and that's a real part of it. 
an accountability partner that's going to meet you on the corner at 6 a.m. Someone's going to call you at 9 p.m. Did you do it? Did you do it today? So, or someone that's going to do it with you or is going to ask you about it. A little something, something there. I'll agree 100% on that one. Make sure it's the right person and give them full permission up front that, yeah, you could beat me up. You can yell at me. You could do whatever you want. Make sure I get this done. So our final thing says we all form habits at our own speed, but when it's simple, repeated behaviors becomes easier, faster, better, easier, faster, better. So there you have it, Leonardo. I hope they, that's good. I've added some things to that. I think the big two that we really need to add to that is the mindset behind those goals. That first of all, that you're not renting this goal from society that people are telling you you're supposed to be doing it and you don't really want to. That you actually own it and you actually want it. That's the one thing. The next thing is that you need to visualize your goals. If you can't see it mentally, it's not going to happen physically. If you can't see yourself skinny, losing weight, wealthy, being a public speaker, writing a book, if that hasn't happened mentally in your brain, it's not going to happen physically. What do I keep saying? The universe will not reward you physically until you've seen it mentally. That's huge. And for most, it's probably before you go to sleep. No secret that Olympic athletes have visualized that gold medal thousands of times before it happened. That's how it works. And then the biggest one, the most important one I would add is your motivation. Sure, it's nice to have somebody on the street corner waiting for you, but the why. Because people don't fail because of a lack of goals. It's a lack of reasons behind those goals. What they're going to do when they don't feel like doing it. It's raining outside and they're supposed to be jogging. You need to have a why. When you have a why, you don't make excuses. When there is no why, there's always plenty of excuses. That's the biggest one that you need in place to keep your goals. So Leonardo, let me know what you think. So for the most part, right on. Added a few things to that. Of course, that link will be at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. So how do you resist? Now again, you don't always want to resist, but when you get that little tingly feeling, that subconscious trigger, that something's up, that you need to run, that they're going to take advantage of you, there's a time and place for some of these. Hopefully your prospects aren't listening to this, but hopefully you are there changing lives and helping people out. That's what great persuaders do. So the first one, be vague. Be unimpressed. When they know what your hot buttons are, when you say, oh, I would love that. Can we get that? Tomorrow, can we get it in blue? That's exciting. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, then all of a sudden, they know which road to go down to. But when you're a little evasive, you're not impressed with that, you're not sure they can't read you, you haven't given any hot buttons. And when they ask you a question, you're kind of vague. I don't know, maybe, probably. I have to do some research. I'm not quite sure right now. You hate that as a persuader, but that doesn't give them any ammunition to back you in a corner and to do that. So instinctively, I think you know that one. You don't have to reveal everything up front. The key here is just to be observant. What's going on? Why are you getting that tingly feeling? Why are you feeling you're getting taken advantage of? Now, if you think it's going to happen, you're going to this car dealership that everyone knows is going to back you in a corner, you're going to leave with a car, be mentally prepared. Practice with somebody. Know when you're going to walk. That preparation gives you courage and confidence to be able to do it instead of just showing up and letting things happen. If you're really concerned, bring a neutral third party that you know is going to say, no, that's dumb. No, we're not doing it. That gives you a little confidence to do that. But it's always good to have another person there, just get another opinion. Hey, can you give us five minutes? We need to talk about it. Are they screwing us? Are they taking advantage of us? You might want to do that or have somebody listening via the cell phone. 
I don't know if that's legal, but uh, it sounds like a good idea. Or worst case scenario, let them know someone's listening in and helping you make the decision. And that's another one, that you're not the only decision maker. There's other people that need to be part of this. That's a great way to resist persuasion. They know right up front. Yep, I need to go to the committee. Yep, I need to go to a spouse or a friend. Yep, I need to do this. Then they don't tend to push as hard or back you into that corner. So again, you're in there, you're in the zone. Don't be overwhelmed by their power plays. Maybe their clothes they're wearing or the authority they're pulling. They're the CEO, they're the vice president. The next thing is take time to think. Do not get stuck in the FOMO, that false security, that psychological reaction that's called. Is it real? Does it seem kind of fake? Only one left in your size? Really? Can I go look? (laughs) Someone else is going to buy that car tonight? Really? What's their name? And you've got the power in your hands. Look it up. If they say something you don't agree with, you don't know, if you're not sure about their background, the ethics, the company, look it up. This thing, there's plenty of search engines that you can look it up and say, I sound this. What do you think about this? That gives you the power. You've got the power in that situation. And the biggest power, get it through your mind. You can walk. When you're feeling pushy, uncomfortable, getting those necks in the back of your hair standing up, you're like, oh, should we go? You have no obligation. You can walk. And my favorite one is to identify other persuasion techniques. Wow, that's a good foot in the door. Oh, you guys using good cop, bad cop? That's good scarcity, but I don't believe you. I've always loved, and maybe it's just crossed the line, let me know. You know, someone knocks at my door, catch me in the yard, like, okay, chit-chat, what do you do? I'm a sales trainer. For the rookies and the ones that aren't very good, that kind of just startles them and backs them into a corner. The pros are like, cool, love it. Tell me how well I do. So it's kind of an interesting shift there. And I know right ahead that if they get nervous, intense, and uneasy, eh, go away. But if they're a pro, let's hear it. I love a good persuader. So as you're there and you're in the moment, they're trying to make you feel foolish, you're silly, you're dumb. Well, everybody does that. You're the only one. Different, awkward, inadequate, what, whatever it is, back you into a corner. Like these travel people that knock on your door. Hey, do you like to travel? Sure. Where's your favorite places? Oh, I love to go to Hawaii and Jamaica and Costa Rica. Well, how often do you go? Oh, 10 times a year, right? People tend to embellish a little bit there. Like, well, based on your answers, I can save you X amount of dollars for doing this and going to this club. And <laughs> yeah, when that happens, like, all right, leave, go away. Even if they backed you in a corner, even if they got you caught behind 10 yeses, do that. You can shut the door. You could walk. A couple other things I'd mention. If you're really nervous right up front, you know they're high-power negotiators and you're not, set the boundaries of the rules up front. Get the yes and let them agree before you listen to the presentation. If you're feeling out of control but still feel you need to stay or have to stay, the person that asks the questions control the conversation. So if they're taking down a path you don't want to go, come back with a question. Come back with the questions. So you can engage them with about their product, their service, what they need to do. Take them in the direction and stay in control. And as you ask those questions, listen to their answers, their responses, what they're doing. Those are key pieces that can help you out. And if they cross the cheesy high lactose barrier, cheesy's like, really? You're doing that? The old school closing techniques... Now, I'm all about connecting with people and being friends, but when you feel like they're just being friends, and I'm just like you, I'm from there too, I have a friend just like you, I do this just like you, if you're sensing, yeah, no way, time to run. And another one too, if you're concerned, do your research ahead of time. Know the strengths and weaknesses of 
their product, your product, the competitor's product, whatever situation you're in, you're informed, you understand, say, nope, you're wrong. I found this, this, and this. I mean, you can sugarcoat that one a little bit if you want. So that's the thing. And if you're really concerned, just do online shopping. <laughs> There's no pressure. That's the future anyway. So there you have it. Another podcast for the books. You can go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com or under Podcast 489. Also iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google, Spotify. Click on it. You can see all the links from today's shows, from all the articles and everything that we talked about today. And we're continuing our special on millionaire psychology. You want to be successful? You want to be a millionaire? Or want to be fill in the blank? Start thinking, acting, and doing what other millionaires do. This is self-persuasion. This is mindset. This is self-leadership. This is more important than anything else I could teach you. Get your mind right. Learn the success skills. Not only will you be able to influence yourself, you'll be able to negotiate better, be more charismatic when you give your presentations, and we know you'll be able to go out and persuade with power. 